Hey, this is Greg Sanders. Thanks for listening today. It's our hope that this message will help you connect to God, grow in His Word, and serve the kingdom in a greater capacity. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Well, we are in week uh, three or four now on our series called Open Our Eyes. And every week, if you haven't been here, every week we are praying a simple prayer. It's a different prayer every week. Uh, last week we talked about open our eyes to the promises of God. And uh, if you missed last week, I challenge you to go back and listen to that message. I believe it was just really a timely message, not just for individuals, but for our church as well. Uh, but this week it is a, a different prayer. It's open our eyes to the hurting around us. So many, so many scriptures, so many encounters that Jesus had in the New Testament, if you read your Bible, you're going to find that Jesus shows up in the lives of hurting people. Whether it's Jesus showing up as on the, in the lives of some failed fishermen, if it's Jesus showing up uh, when, when he, it's Jesus is preaching and people begin to lower someone in front of him who is, who is uh, who's lame or paralyzed and him healing there. You know, Jesus had a uh, reputation of disrupting funerals. People were dead and they come alive when he showed up at a funeral. Uh, Jesus reversed lifelong diagnoses when he was walking around life. He freed people who were in bondages of all sorts uh, of mental anguish. Jesus basically went around healing the hurting. He saw healing, he saw hurting people and pursued them instead of trying to avoid them. And today we live, <coughs> all of us live around hurting people. Some people are really good at, at disguising it. Some people are really good at wearing, you know, they, they have the nice clothes, the nice car, the nice house, the nice looking family. They put their best foot forward in their pictures on Facebook or Instagram. And when you look at them, they look like they have it all together. It looks like they have absolutely no need of anything or anyone. But can I tell you, all of us have an equal need of, for God. Matter of fact, how many of you would just admit that some point in your life, on the outside, things look look good, but on the inside, you're dying, right? We've all been there. I believe that all of us are surrounded by hurting people every day. Have you ever found out about someone who you loved, whose marriage was in trouble, and when you found out their marriage was in trouble, you were shocked? You ever met someone whose kids were in trouble, and by the time you heard about it, their kids have been in trouble for weeks or months, if not a year, and you were shocked when you heard about it. Why does that happen? Because we as people are really good at hiding what's ailing us. But Jesus had a way of seeing through people's facade. He had a way of seeing through the front they were presenting and see their real need. And I'm praying today, God, would you give us eyes of the Spirit to look past our own perceptions of people and people's best efforts to hide what's going on in them. Give us, give us eyes to help and heal the hurting that's around us. You know, Jesus said it like this in Mark chapter 2, verse number 17. He said, it's not the healthy that need a doctor, but the sick. He said, I've not come to call the righteous, but he said, I've come to call sinners. Jesus lived his life reaching out 
to the hurting. And today, I'm just challenging the prayer for us to pray today is, Lord, open my eyes to the hurting around us. And in John chapter 4, Brandy alluded to this, uh, to this in the prayer point this morning. Jesus was on his way to Galilee and our, our, was, yeah, was, on his, was going back to Galilee. And this is what it said in John chapter 4. It says, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar near the plot of ground that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well, and it was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to him or came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? And the verse number nine, the Samaritan woman said, You're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And Jesus said unto her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw water, and this well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank it himself, and did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give will become within them a spring of living water welling up into eternal life. Then the woman said, I'm just going to tell you the rest of the story. You can read it this afternoon, okay, for Tom's sake. Then, Jesus, then, then the lady said, well, well, sir, give me this water. And Jesus said, well, first, go get your husband and bring him back. And then I'll give you the water you're asking for. And the woman said, well, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, you're right when you say you don't have a husband. The truth is you have five husbands. You've had five husbands. And the person you live with right now is not your husband. And, of course, the woman at that point realized, she said, I perceive that maybe you're a prophet. We've heard that someone will come who will uh, change the way we worship and will be the Messiah who will set us free. And Jesus said, the person you're talking to now is he. Jesus changed her life, and as you know, she went back and she changed. She began to spread the word. And I'm praying today, God, give us eyes like Jesus had to see those that we normally would not see, to help those we normally would not help so we can see those free who would, without the work of God, not be free. So, Father, help us today as we look at your word. I pray that you'll help it find a lodging place in our hearts that will change our lives forever. I pray you will do what only you can do. Anoint me above my own ability to speak the words of God, the words of God alone. Anoint our ears, our hearts, and our minds to hear what the Holy Spirit will want to say to us and give us the boldness to respond to what the Spirit says in prayer at the conclusion of this message. We'll all give you thanks for it. Everybody in the room said amen. amen. Jesus went to someone who most would avoid to bring her a right relationship with God. And one thing I want to point out to you is this. No one celebrates it. Nowhere in this gospel presentation do you find the disciples saying, Go, Jesus! There was someone who was far from God, who's now near to God. How many of the the point of us living our lives for Jesus, besides us experiencing salvation personally, is for us to take what he's given to us and give it to someone else. The Bible says that all of heaven celebrates when one person passes from death to life, Right? But when Jesus offers this woman what only he can offer her, and that is right relationship with God, you'll notice no one celebrates. Friends, I hate to get into the deep in the pool right up front, but let me just, just do it. 
Woe unto us when we fail to celebrate what Jesus celebrates. Right? We've got to celebrate what Jesus celebrates. Sometimes I fear and feel that the American church today, we celebrate a lot of things, but we don't celebrate the most important thing, and that is when someone who is lost becomes found. When someone who goes from being spiritually dead to spiritually alive, when someone goes from, from, from being spiritually lost for eternity to being spiritually secure for eternity, that is the greatest gift that any of us will ever receive. That is the greatest miracle anyone has ever received to have to be born again is the word the Bible uses. That's the greatest thing that can happen to a person on planet earth and yet no one is celebrating it in Jesus's day and I fear that we've lost our appreciation for it today as well I'm not going to read a lot of stats to you this morning but it's pretty pretty evident if you want to go online this afternoon and do some google searching you will discover that the American church is good at a lot of things but we're not good at reaching new people for Jesus I want to say that again in case you missed it. I said the American church, which means us, right? You didn't come to church this morning. The church came together as you got here because we are the church. So we have have become lackadaisical. We have become uh, unenthusiastic. We have lost our passion for reaching people. And if you feel like I'm getting in your grill this morning, I'll just confess right now, the first person I'm preaching to today is me. But most of our churches in the U.S. today are not winning people to Jesus. Most churches in the U.S. today are shrinking instead of expanding. And the ones that are expanding any bit at all, they're mostly expanding because so many other churches are closing. The few people are left in those closing churches have to find a different church to go to now. And so some existing churches grow a little bit. But the far as seeing someone go from lost to found, that is becoming more and more of a rarity in the church of Jesus Christ. And I don't think it's because people are not hurting today like they were 10 years ago. I don't think it's because the mission field has gotten smaller. I don't think it's because the need in our area has gotten smaller. I believe the greatest reason for that is that we need, we need a heart change and we, we need our eyes operated on by the Spirit so that we can see the people around us who are ripe, who are ready, who are longing, who are looking for someone to tell them about the hope that you have found in Jesus. I want to give you some good news this morning. You are not crazy. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you're not crazy. Maybe you had to speak that by faith. (laughs) The reason I say that is this. If you and I have discovered our need for Jesus, you're not that different than the world. They just need someone to point them to Jesus like someone pointed you to Jesus. They need someone to be that to be that road sign on the road of life that says, Jesus, this way. And so today's prayer is, God, open my eyes to those around me because we are the channel for seeing people who are lost 
be found. We don't need a new program. Not that I'm against programs. We don't need a new strategy. Not that I'm against strategies. Except for the strategy that Jesus gave. And that is to go into all the world, including your world and my world, and share the good news of Jesus. Now, I do want to take a moment and push pause because I do know there are several people in our church that I know know personally are really rocking it out when it comes to this subject. So I do want to give a little bit of praise where praise is due. I know there's, there's some of you, you've told me your story, how you're leading prayer groups on your job. And I want to tell you, keep leading prayer groups on your job. Some of you are sharing scripture with coworkers on text threads at your workplace. And I would say, keep sharing those text threads about the word of God in your workplace. Some of you on campuses are, are finding other students who believe like you and, and share the good news. Keep sharing the good news. Many of you are investing time into things like sports teams for your kids, but yet you're using that time with kids to elevate the gospel to them. I would say keep elevating the gospel just like you are. Understand every time we have to share a voice with someone, anytime you're around a hurting person, that's a great time to introduce them to the love of Jesus. So if you're doing that, keep doing that. Others of us I want to say it like this. You are one step of faith away. You're one act of obedience away from God using you to change someone's life. I want to say that again. Many of you are one act of obedience away from God using you to change someone else's life. Jesus changed this lady's life, and I know it's really easy to read this account and say, well, yeah, but he's, he's Jesus. But you know, he changed this lady's life by really obeying one nudge of the Holy Spirit. The one nudge was, go to Samaria, sit by a well, and wait. That was, the, that was all he did. He just responded to the Holy Spirit's leading. Today I want to answer a question. I don't know if you're asking it or not, but I hope by now you're starting to ask it, and that is this. Well, how can we impact hurting people around us? How can we impact them? How can we see them? How can I reach them? We're going to let Jesus be our example this morning. First, we have to recognize that Jesus goes out of his way to reach people. John chapter 4 said he had to go through Samaria. Now, this is not a geographical necessity. Now, the next slide, if you put it on the board, you know, if you look at a map, then obviously you'll see this big, uh, this big green line here right through the middle to go from, you know, point A to point B is always what? A straight line. But most, most of the Jewish people in that day, the, the, the area of Samaria and the Samaritans were so... Um, so disgusting, that's the only way I can say it, in their eyes. They were so, such a, 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 uh, an enemy to the Jewish people of that day that most good Jews would actually, you'll see this dotted line that crosses the Jordan River and goes all the way back around and then ties back into the green line right before we get to Nazareth. That's the route most good Jewish people would take. They would go out of their way to avoid the people that Jesus said, i got to get to them. One of the questions we have to ask ourselves is, do I go out of my way 
to get to the hurting or out of my way to avoid the hurting? Do I go out of my way to hear and respond to what Jesus is doing? Or do I go out of my way to to just do what comes easiest and the quickest and the most convenient? Jesus went out of his way to reach people. We can see through several scriptures how he would go out of his way, whether he's going out of his way to meet the disciples and call them to ministry, whether he went out of his way to, uh, to, to talk to uh, Nathaniel like we talked about a few weeks ago. He saw him under the fig tree. He'd go out of his way to, to rescue them from a failed fishing trip. He'd go out of his way to meet the hurting people. He went out of his way to meet a man named Zacchaeus that I'll talk to you about in just a moment. He was always going out of his way for the purpose of reaching people. And Jesus even said in Matthew chapter 5, Let your light so shine before men that they'll see your good works and they'll give praise to your Father that's in heaven. But you can't, your light will never be seen if our whole life is spent going around and away from the hurting people that we're supposed to be impacting the most. It was the Holy Spirit constantly directing Jesus to those who were hurting, those who were lost, and those who were in need. That's why Jesus said, I've got this one mission to seek and to save those that are lost. He went out of his way to seek and to save those who were hurting. So this is an all call today. Open my eyes. I know last week's message was funner. Right? If you want a fun message, go back and listen. Last week was encouraging. I know today is sort of challenging. Because today is about responsibility. Today is about the responsibility that we all have as Jesus followers. we got to go out of our way to reach those who are far from God. This is an all call and everybody play. This is an all participants in, all hands on deck. Jesus went out of his way to reach those who were out of the way for the purpose of, of Jesus, of bringing them to Jesus. Jesus showed up over and over again in times of people's pain to lead them in places of healing. I wonder how, you in this, how many of you in this room would say, you know, there's, there's been moments in my life where I was in pain and someone came to me and ministered to me. And that ministry may be that they just they put their hands on you and they prayed for you. That ministry may be that they came and they took you out for lunch and loved on you when no one else was, was loving on you. That ministry might have been a phone call they called to encourage. How, how many of you have ever had some moments of your life changed because somebody showed up? Right? All across this room. Do you know what God is calling us to show up? To go out of our way so that people who are far from God may be made near to God. And I understand in in this account, when Jesus goes out of his way, no one applauds Jesus for going out of his way. His disciples are wondering what in the world is he even doing talking to this lady, but Jesus was on a mission that no one else is on. I believe it's time that the church of Jesus Christ gets on a mission that maybe no one else is on. That mission is to take those who are far from God and lead them closer to Jesus. Jesus shows up in times of people's pain, and so do we. We have to. Number two, Jesus saw people as redeemable, not just lost causes. Lord, forgive me when I've written people off as lost causes. Amen? This woman's track record would indicate that Investing in her might not lead to immediate salvation or long-term salvation. She was, 
She was scandalous, to say the least. And that's who Jesus goes out of his way to talk to. He asked her, hey, bring your husband. I don't have one. She's got not just a scandal problem with how she's lived her life. She's got a little bit of a lying issue, doesn't she? Right? I don't have a husband. Jesus says, yeah, you're right. You don't have one, and now you're living with someone who's not your husband. She had all kinds of problems. But Jesus didn't write her off. He wanted her included in the family of God. Lord, how many people have I written off that Jesus wanted to write in to the family of God? How many people do you walk, you work with, you, 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 you go to school with, that you think are lost causes? I'll never forget about three summers ago, our air conditioner in our house went out. And you know, I'm far away from home. I'm not from these parts. And we had, a, uh, we had one of those service contract things on your house. You get them on your house, you buy it in the house, you know what I'm talking about. And so when, you're, when your stuff breaks, you don't get to pick who you want to come. They send someone to come to you. And so I was waiting on this home warranty thing to send the person to my house that, you know, and, and it took them a long time. And, and I'll never forget, just a few hours before the person was going to show up, I finally got the, the technician's company name and personal name, and immediately I saw the person's name, and I thought, this is going to be fun, because it's someone who I went to high school with, and I thought, he is going to be shocked out of his brain to find out that I'm, you know, a preacher or a Christ follower, I'm sure, and he showed up to fix my AC, a guy who I haven't seen in 20 plus years. And he not only found out that I was living for Jesus and I was a Jesus follower, I found out he was living for Jesus and he's a Jesus follower. And I can tell you, someone who, I'd, who I would have, you, you let me pick the top five guys in my high school who I thought would never follow Jesus, he would probably make the top five list. But here he is, he's following Jesus. Why? Because someone wrote in who I would have written out. How many people are in your life today that you've written off that Jesus waiting to write their name in the Lamb's Book of Life if you will be faithful to go out of your way to love those who are hurting? Because Jesus sees people differently. That's why this prayer is so important. I don't see people the right way. The Bible says that we, as humans, we see people from the outside in. But how many know that Jesus sees people from the inside out? He sees people as redeemable that we see as lost causes. And this lady reminds us that there's no social status that eliminates our need for redemption. No matter how lost someone is, no matter how far down in the ditch of life it seems like they've been, no matter how long it seems like they've been going down this road of bad decisions, there's no hole so deep that God cannot reach into and change your life. God is concerned about the down and out. If there's ever a person who was labeled down and out, wouldn't it have to be this woman? But you know, Jesus isn't just concerned about the down and out. He's also concerned about the up and out. I could have preached just about this same message this morning with someone else's encounter with Jesus, whose name is Zacchaeus. Y'all know Zacchaeus, right? You learned his song in kids' church? We little man, we little man was he, right? 
Zacchaeus was not down and out. Zacchaeus was what I would call up and out. Anything he wanted to buy, he could have bought it. He was wealthy. He was rich. He had a great job. You know, some of the people that, that God wants to open our eyes to are not those that are just down and out, though God wants us to reach those. There are some people around you who I would describe as up and out. On the outside, they look great. Nice car, nice house, nice job, nice looking kids. Everything on the outside is perfect. But the inside, they're, they're empty. You know why? Because they don't have Jesus. Don't believe for a moment that material, materialistic gatherings of things to ourselves can make up for not having Jesus. All that is is a disguise. No social status eliminates our, eliminates our need for redemption. Jesus also teaches us that our past is no barrier for Jesus. Jesus knew everything about her. She wouldn't admit it, but he pursued her anyway. Jesus also saw right through her mixed up religious ideas. Did y'all notice we live in a very spiritual society today? There are tons of people who are spiritual, but they're lost. We live in a very, I know that many of you might argue with this just on the surface. You would say, oh man, we live in a, we live in, no one's interested in spiritual things. You're not listening very well. Our culture is, is keenly aware, are keenly hungry for spiritual connectivity. Have you noticed how many television shows are about witches and demons and spiritual stuff? You know why they're making that stuff? Because people go to it. People spend money on it. And the concept that most people have is, well, I'm going to take a little bit of Jesus and a little bit of that, and I'm going to mix it together, and it's going to be wonderful. This woman had a somewhat of an understanding of, of the Messiah, somewhat of an understanding, but it was mixed with a lot of other stuff. But Jesus looked through all of that, and he brought her to the point of salvation. Jesus can handle people's questions. Jesus can handle their hostility. Did you notice when Jesus talked to this lady, she didn't say, oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you waited for me by this well. I'm so glad you engaged me in conversation. No, this woman was hostile. She said, what are you talking to me for? Have you ever tried to steer a conversation towards faith and someone shut you down? You're in good company. That's what happened to Jesus. He begins to talk to her, engage this woman, and she says, why are you even talking to me? She was hostile towards Jesus. If you pray this prayer, God, open my eyes so that I can see the hurting around me. Let me just prepare you. You may deal with some hostility from people you're trying to love towards Jesus. I don't want to give you some 
advice. Love them anyway. Talk to them anyway. Serve them anyway. How many of you would say, you know, the truth made me mad before it ever set me free? Right? The truth has a way of nudging us and prodding us long before we finally embrace it and it sets us free. So understand when the truth of God's Word makes someone hostile towards you, it it might not mean that you're failing. It might mean that you're working. Number three, Jesus finds fulfillment in reaching to the lost, reaching out to those who are hurting. Jesus tells this woman... His disciples are going to the town to find something to eat. They come back while she's going into town. And the disciples tell Jesus, hey, why don't you eat something? Look, we went into town. We got some food. Now you're, you can eat supper with us. And Jesus said, my meat, my fulfillment comes from doing the work of the one who sent me. And they begin to ask, the disciples begin to ask each other, did someone bring him some food? Like, did he bite squad this while we were gone? They didn't know. What, how, did, how, how come he was hungry? He sent us to get food and now he's not hungry anymore. Jesus is talking about a different kind of fulfillment. There, there, there is a joy. I want you to get, to this, get this this morning. There is a joy and a fulfillment that will only come to your life when you engage the mission of Jesus. You can be a, a Jesus follower for 70 years. You can pray and read your Bible every day. You can come to every church service. But can I tell you, there's different levels that you can increase in Him. And there is a fulfillment that you're never going to know until you share your faith with someone. There's, there's a joy that comes from serving. I, I don't I don't serve, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I don't serve Jesus because I'm so selfless. Shocking, I know. I serve Jesus because there is a fulfillment and a joy that comes from serving Him that I cannot get anywhere else. Jesus said, my food, my fulfillment is to do the work of the Lord. So, so many times we think that fulfillment and purpose comes as we, as we are, are successful in doing the work of God. For, for too long, when we talk about sharing our faith, we, we think of, of sharing our faith as a pass or failure situation. And it's not. Just because you steer a conversation towards Jesus and that person res- that they, they shut you down, they deny you, they ridicule you, they make fun of you. Just because you steer conversation towards Jesus and someone, that they, they're hostile, they refuse to listen to you. They, can I tell you, that is not an example of your failure. That's an example of your faithfulness. See, God's never really called us to be successful. He's called us to be faithful. Just be faithful to what God's called you to do, and then He'll bring the success factor in His time. One person plants, another person waters, but God makes it grow. Friends, if we'll just be faithful to do what God tells us to do, then He will bring the fruit to our lives that is needed. Our job is simply to, 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 to do what He calls us to do. Success, this is so... Anyone that's thinking about going into full-time ministry needs to hear this. 
Your success cannot be based on people's response to your message. Success is simply based on our faithfulness to share. Ezekiel chapter 33, Scripture that says, If the watchman sees war coming, and he doesn't blow the trumpet, warning the people, and then war comes and takes everyone off, I hold the watchman responsible for the bloodshed of any unwarned sinner. You, son of man, are the watchman. I've made you a watchman for my people. You and I are not responsible for people's response to the gospel. Does that mean we can just be sharing the gospel in our own efforts all the time? No, we still got to be spirit sensitive. We still got to move with the Holy Spirit. We still got to prepare and do the best we can. But at the end of the day, we are going to be judged on our faithfulness to God, not on people's responses to God. And for so too long, we've, we've had somebody in this room, because I felt this way too. I have felt, Lord, let someone else witness to them. Let someone else pray for them. Let someone else tell them the good news, because when I do it, it doesn't work the right way. The reason you think that is you're judging that situation on what you see instead of what God sees. You don't know what is happening below the surface. You ever talk to your kids, and you feel like, they didn't hear a word I said. <laughs> and then 10 minutes later, you find out that they're doing what you said. You misjudged. Some are saying, nope, I don't think they hear it and they don't do it. Well, <laughs> sometimes they, sometimes, just trust me, it'll, it'll happen. Number four, Jesus calls his followers to reap while it's right. Don't you have a saying? Well, in four more months, then it'll be harvest. I tell you, open your eyes. Here's our prayer. Open your eyes and look into the fields for they're ripe already unto harvest. How many know when something is ripe, if you don't harvest it while it's ripe, it goes to waste? When I go to the grocery store, the grocery people are so helpful to me because on a lot of perishable items, they will put an expiration date on that dude, and it'll let me know that when I, when I take this into my life, I have six days to eat it or it might go bad. I wish people had those kind of dates on them. I wonder if I only knew, you know what? I got three more conversations with this person before they leave town. I've got three more conversations with this people with this person before, you know, that they, God forbid, go into eternity. I've got one more conversation with this person before it's too late for them to hear. What, how, would it, how would I respond if I, when I saw people, I could see an expiration date on the opportunity that God has given me? Jesus says, look into the fields. He's put in an expiration. He, what he's really doing, he's put in a sense of urgency. He's saying the fields are ripe unto harvest. You've got to get there right now. You've got to open your eyes and understand that you're not, you're not waiting for some better day in the future to, for God to use you, but God is ready to use you right now. We say all the time around Christian, Christianity that we have to be living in the last days. Most scholars believe that we're not just living in the last days. We're living in the last days of the last days. But friends, that should, that should not birth in us a, a watch and see 
Too many people are... And listen, I'm not, I'm not against end-time preaching and all this. Matter of fact, I'm working on a sermon for, for several months from now about end-time sleep. But can I tell you, the only reason Jesus tells us about the end times is so we will know what to expect and we can be about His Father's business. Not to get in our recliner and watch and see what's going to happen. Jesus calls us to reap while it's right. He gives us a sense of urgency about his mission. And here's what I want to, I've said it again, but I'll say it again. Anytime you spend time with people, there's an opportunity to share your faith with them. Anytime you spend time with people, there's an opportunity to share with them the good news of Jesus. Anywhere. Well, Pastor, you, know, you don't understand. On my job, if I push Christianity, I'm going to get fired. What about divorce? Can you push divorce on your job? What about drug addiction? Can you push drug addiction on your job? What about wayward sons and daughters that are out in the world that people don't know where they are, they're missing? Can you talk about that on your job? Because, Pastor, what does that have to do with the price of eggs in China? Let me tell you what it has to do with it. Here it is. Anytime someone brings up something like that, you're not impressing your faith, you're sharing your hope. 99% of the time when people get in trouble sharing their faith on their job, it's because they're actually sharing something people don't want to hear with someone that doesn't want to hear it. But, when you, but, but God can give you some divine opportunities to hungry hearts on the job, off the job, in the school, in places where people say you should never preach the gospel, in places that you can preach the gospel. Jesus calls us to, to reap while it's right. Everywhere we go is a place we can share our faith, place where we can tell our story. That's all that sharing your faith is. Sometimes we think that sharing our faith is, is, is memorizing Scripture. No, no, no. People really don't want to know what you know. They want to know what you've been through. And how God changed your life. When they hear how God changed your life, they might be filled with faith enough to know that God can change their life as well. Anywhere we spend time is a place that God can use us. I was talking to uh, some family the other day. This blew my mind. I talked to some family members the other day. And I have a cousin who's about to get married. And... I asked where they met their spouse. And they said, well, you never believe it. I said, okay, tell me. They met playing video games online. Now, I'm just old school enough. Like when I played video games, it was me and Mario. The chance of me... <laughs> the chance of me meeting my future spouse was pretty slim. But apparently now you can talk to people across the globe and across the states. And, and I thought, you know what? If you can meet your spouse online through a game, you could probably share Jesus online through a game. Right? So many times we, we write off. Well, this, this is an area that Jesus can't use me to influence anyone. When it might be just an area that God wants to use you to influence someone. I'm just saying there's no place God plants us. Where I believe when we pray the prayer, God, open my eyes to the hurting around me that he won't show us someone. 
Megan, if you want to come. Number five today, Jesus teaches them how to develop a heart for his mission. This same prayer, God open our eyes, that we find in the John's gospel. We can also find in Matthew's gospel that prayer in Matthew chapter 9. When he tells them, don't, don't only understand the harvest is plentiful and the workers are for you, but he also are, are pray that the Lord will uh, you know, understand the urge of the hour. In Matthew chapter 5, he adds another scripture to this, and he says, he gives them instructions, Lord, therefore pray that the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into his harvest field. Then if you read chapter 10 of Matthew, Jesus pulls a fast one on them. And the ones he just told to pray that the Lord would send harvest workers into the harvest field, then Jesus turns right around and says, and now I'm sending you. He had them pray that their eyes would be open. And begin to pray. Hey, pray about the Lord enlarging your heart, letting you see. And then he said, now I'm sending you. If we're not seeing what God wants to see, I want to tell you it's not just a vision problem, it's a heart problem. And the way that God deals with our heart problem is when we surrender to Him, when we're going to pray for Him. And last but not least, number six, Jesus took a risk. When Jesus went to Jacob's well, when He sat there, He was in the heat of the day, the, the people of Jesus' day, that time when Jesus was sitting by the well, they would call that the hour of shame. The only people that went to the well during that hour were people that didn't want to be seen by anybody. They went there not because it was convenient. It was the heat of the day. It was hot. There was no fellowship really involved in the situation. They were just going to get, they're going to get there and get out. If you went during this hour, you're basically saying, leave me alone. And so to be seen at the well during that hour was a risk. I mean, it was a, it was a physical risk. Jesus was in a, he was a Jew in a Samaritan country. But it was also a risk to his reputation just to be there during that time. But he was willing to risk the insults, the misunderstandings, the physical danger, the rejection. He risked all that to reach someone who was far from God. I don't know, some of us in this room, you're like me, you're risk adverse. You, you don't want to take a risk. You like the easy way out. You like your comfort. You don't like to draw attention to people. You don't like to be seen as silly or goofy or different. But Jesus risked all of that to reach this woman at the well. See, when Jesus opens our eyes towards people, he opens our hearts towards people. And now we're willing to risk what we used to not be willing to risk because we love people we used to not love. It's amazing. I'm sure every parent in the room can identify with the idea that as a parent, you begin to do something, something that you used to think was foolish, but you started doing it. I used to see, when I was, remember when we were, didn't have kids, I was seeing, I see mom and dads come to church and they would have baby breakfast on their shoulder. And I would think, man, why didn't they clean that off before they came to church? Gross. Ooh. 
And then we had kids, and I was like, hey, check this out. I've been waiting 12 years to, to have baby throw up on my, this is awesome. I, I wouldn't wipe it off. I wanted people to know. I'm a dad now. What I love changed how I saw things. We need what we see to change. And that doesn't change because we decide in a church service, I'm going to see people differently. No, it changes because we pray, say, God changed my heart, which then changes my eyes. So I want to ask you to stand with me all across this room this morning. We're going to pray two prayers. First prayer I want to pray for is if you're, walk, if you're standing in this room today, and for the last, I don't know, 30 minutes probably, I've been talking about open our eyes to the hurting, and you're standing here thinking, well, that's wonderful, but I am the hurting. Maybe you walked in injured today, you walked in gutted today, you walked in cut by life, or maybe even cut by people. And you need the healing of Jesus. Can I tell you, Jesus is still in the healing business. Whether that healing is physical healing you need for your body, emotional healing you need for your heart, whatever it is, Jesus still heals the hurtings. Maybe today you're, you're living a life that's away from God. You've never made Jesus the leader and the Savior of your life. He's today, the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Hey, today's your day to, to start following me. I want to pray for you today. Would you bow your heads all across the room and say, Pastor, I walked in the room hurting or I've walked in the room lost. Maybe you're a Christ follower, maybe you're not. Either way, you say, I, I need the healing and the help of Jesus in some form or fashion in my life. Would you just lift a hand real quick? Let's me, Pastor, pray for me. Amen. 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 All across this room, we're going to pray right now that the help of Jesus would come to you, that the healing of Jesus would come to you right now. And church, if you didn't lift your hand, would you be a prayer partner with me right now that, that people would sense just as Jesus walked up to that lady and she knew there was something different about the man talking to her. I pray that people would know right now that Jesus is in the room healing their hurts right now. So let's pray together. Father, I thank you for every person right now who lifted their hand. Lord, they're saying, I walked in this room hurt. But God, I pray right now they will not leave this place like they came in. But Lord, I pray that right now the healing power of Jesus would rest upon them, that you would take the injuries of life, whether they have, whether those injuries came through people or they came through circumstances, perhaps they even came through uh, those that are supposed to be, be their friends or people that love them. However the hurt came today, whether it came through loss through disappointment, I pray that, Lord, you would heal the hurting in this room today. I pray they would sense what you can do and what only you can do to happen in this room right now. Lord, heal the hurting. Bind up the brokenhearted. Give peace for those who are in despair. Lift their head above their enemies that they can see the help of their God today. And God, where there has been disappointment, let there be joy. Where there has been oppression and there's been hopelessness, God, I pray they would now be people who are filled with hope and experience the presence of God filling every part that seems empty. Lord, heal the hurting in this room today. Well, I pray you'll do it right now. Heal the hurting that might be watching online today. Heal their bodies, heal their minds, heal their souls do it today in Jesus name now church 
I think all of us need to pray, God, open my eyes more. Open my eyes more to the hurting around me. Don't let me assume or be tricked into believing because everything looks good on the outside that things are good on the inside. Don't let me assume or be tricked into believing because their lifestyle says they're not interested in God at all. Really is a reality of their life. Lord, open our eyes to see the hurting around us and let us be like Jesus. Let us take, go out of our way, take a risk if necessary to be part of the process of Jesus taking those who are far from God and bringing them near the heart of the Father. Would you pray that prayer with me this morning? Let's lift our hearts to the Lord today. Father, help us. God, we pray, open our eyes. God, open our eyes to those who are nearer to us. Lord, there may be those around us every day. We are so familiar with them that we've become familiar with their lostness, that their lostness doesn't even grab our attention anymore. We just assume that the way they are is the way they're going to be. But Lord, I pray that we would see them with a heart of God and the eyes of Jesus. I pray we would see them as people that we can reach, people that we can be part of the, the avenue, the channel of God, drawing those who are far from Him near to Him. God, I pray if you are looking, which I know you are, you're looking for people in Cabot, Arkansas, and the surrounding areas that will be your hands and feet extended to people. Lord, don't look any, don't look anywhere else that requires you to look past us. God, we say use us as part of your process. Use us as the body of Christ. Open our eyes to the hurting near to us. God, also open our eyes to the hurting far from us. Lord, we've been, this church has been so faithful to partner with kingdom builders and see the gospel go forth in places we've never even heard of before. God, it's not either or, it's both and. We want to see the gospel go forward here at home and around the world. God, use every missionary and ministry partner you send our way, but God, that's not an excuse or a substitute for you using us as well. God, use us. Use us in our workplace. Use us in the schoolhouse. Use us in every place our feet would go and our voice would go. Use us. Lord, we know people matter to God. We say it all the time. People matter to God. Lord, help us always make sure that the lives we're leaving, living prove that they matter to us too. And we'll give you thanks for it. In Jesus' name, would you give the Lord a, hand, a clap for his word today? We love you, Lord. Amen. Hey, God bless you. If you're a first-time guest, I'll be on the front porch in about 30 seconds. I'd love to greet you and meet you and put a gift in your hands. Thanks for worshiping with us at the Assembly. Hello, this is Greg Sanders, pastor of the Assembly here in Cabot. I want to say thanks for listening today. If you are ever in the Cabot area, we'd love to have you join us for a service. For service times, check out our webpage at theassemblycabot.com. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a great day, and God bless.